Hey y'all, this is Lee from the Magic Our Way podcast, and you're listening to the BS Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Lukewarm Cinema Podcast. Today we got a special episode. I am here with my man, your boy Chris, Christian. And the reason why I get the the opportunity and the pleasure of doing the intro today is sadly Austin is sick um, and his whole family has actually gotten pretty ill over the past couple of weeks. Um, We apologize for not recording an episode last week. Um, Like I said, Austin being sick and even me on Sunday, I started getting a little sore throat and everything. So we were like, better off, let's take a week off. But now we're back at it. Austin is still getting healthy. So send him your regards. Um, And God willing, everything will go good for them. Um, Have you talked to Austin like over the phone? He sounds a little like nasal. No, actually, I haven't. The last time I heard him was I was watching him. I was watching him play some video games online, mm-hmm. and but that but that was like before he was sick. Yeah, no, I, I definitely okay last then. week he sounded way worse than he does this week. I feel like he's getting better. He's definitely on the progressing up. But you know how you know how it is these days, dude. It's really spooky when like people you know uh, could possibly have COVID nineteen, and like oh, I pray that. His test results. I'm not sure if he told us what he got in his test results yet. I know his dad had it, but we're still waiting to see what is going on uh, with Austin. We pray it's not COVID, but if it is, I mean, it's been six months now. Like, there's got to be some cures, right? Yeah, but um, pe- people have like gotten it and gotten better. He's healthy. His family's usually healthy. Um, he should be okay. So that's yes. big. Good. And his little baby boy is doing great. I heard Rowan's actually like really well going through all this. So I yeah glad to hear that. That is our update on Austin. Uh, we wish you well when you are editing this podcast. Hopefully, uh, the levels are exactly where you want it. <laughs> but anyways, getting into this, um, I had recently just went to Burger Fifty One, um, which is the the burger place we went to. Uh, that's the drive-in, and we got to interview John Bassos, the owner. And I actually got a chance to go. Me and Cameron were like, you know, um, last Sunday, I think it was. We were like, you know what? It's late. Let's go get a burger. Let's go check out a movie. Let's see what this place is about. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, the burgers are phenomenal, like in and out quality burgers. So when you go, expect to maybe order two burgers. I got a double a double cheeseburger that was uh I think it was $3.60 right around there. So definitely order two cuz there's no fries, so you might as well just pig out, get the two burgers, but delicious burgers. The uh soda pop was amazing. Glass bottles, the ambiance, right? Like I haven't I haven't drinking out of a glass soda bottle in years. 
that was a, a pleasant surprise. Um, I will say the nachos, though, we got like a football stadium quality nachos where it's just like, you know, handful of tortilla chips. And then they were like, I don't know if they were on a cheese shortage, but there was not that much cheese on my nachos. So if you go, just know, maybe ask for extra cheese on the nachos. But other than that, the food is delicious. And I, what I was most blown away by, though, was the entertainment, the short films. We had watched two short films. Uh, one of them, we caught like the, the sort of like the tail end. It was like a, a robot Terminator-esque um, film where they were like, these soldiers were protecting the president. And then the president ended up being like one of like the, the lead Terminators at the end blows up the helicopter as they're flying away. It was well put together and it blows my mind. Chris, the thing that blows my mind is like the, the CG and the, the level of post-production and how they make everything look so crisp. You would have thought you were watching a blockbuster film. I, I'm not even kidding. The robots looked just like how they do in all like the Terminator films, just really well put together, the lighting and everything. It, it, it looked phenomenal. That being said, a short film like that need a little more time to develop. Had that film maybe been 10 to 20 minutes, you could have maybe gotten some more sustenance in there. They were flying through it, it felt like. Then the second one we watched was hilarious. It was about uh, these aliens. It was, it was all animated. It was these aliens who were trying to abduct a human who was sleeping in his house. And, you know, it's like this aliens training day. So you could tell the other aliens like checking off things on a clipboard, seeing like if he's uh, doing everything correctly. And I mean, there's like a million buttons in front of this alien. So he's trying a whole bunch of different things to try to abduct this human, get him through the window smoothly. And it, it was a, it was a funny comedy, you know, cause they're trying to pull him out of the house and he's this dude who's sleeping is just ramming into his wall, rams into the roof, rams into the floor. And then they finally, he finally chooses the right button to get him out the window and he gets pulled out butt first. So then we, his pants get like caught on the windowsill. So you see his butt crack and everything. It, it, it was honestly, it was really funny. It was a perfect short film. Um, so the entertainment and the burgers overall, you must go to Burger 51. Like, even if you don't have a good time, you're getting fed for less than $10 and you're getting entertainment at the same time. Can't beat it. So that sound, sounds pretty classy. Um, you said, um, I was looking around, right, when, I was, when we were planning to go there. And um, some Yelp, there were, I was looking at Yelp reviews and somebody had said, you know, the burgers, not very good. They're like high school football game quality burgers. Would you say yes or would you say no? Not the case. Not the case. I trust me. In and out is the perfect comparison. It's like an in and out burger, maybe a smaller patty. The patties are thin, but like just like I said, really well put together and constructed. I'm a fan though. So like, here's the thing. I'm a fan of a burger with everything on it. I'm not sure about. I am too. I'll say that. I like, I like my onions. I like my tomato slice. I like my lettuce and then give me the works on the condiments. Like I, I enjoy a a burger like that. 
if you don't get like the toppings and stuff on that burger, I could see how it could be very plain and how some people might not like like it. You know what I mean? I could see that. The high school quality, though, was the nachos. Like, and I, I'm not even like I, I was really upset because, you know, I figured I would get like a, a lot more cheese than what I did. Might just be the worker, though, at the time. Could, could have been a fluke. Who knows? It, yeah, I know. Right. It could be it, always. I oh. guess George, like he said, his insider tip is ask for extra cheese. Yes. Because like you're not going to go back and ask for more. <laughs> if you've listened to the episode where we uh, interviewed John, I was sitting next to Big Hunks, a candy bar that I had never heard of in my entire life. And when I went, I was like, I'm going to get a Big Hunk. And oh, my God, it, it's it's like the most perfect. It's like a a chewy caramel Ooh. with like actual peanuts in it. So like imagine like a flatter payday. Do you like paydays? Yeah, they're good. They're nutty. Okay. So like half the peanuts on it. So like you have like that, you know, that nougaty part in the center. So it's like that all the way throughout with like little pieces of peanuts in it. I probably ate my entire big hunk in a minute and a half. Like I was flying through that thing. It was delicious. That's really awesome. And um, something I'd like to know is. Did they serve popcorn? Yes, but I did not get any popcorn. Okay. I did not. I, I, oh, I kind of, next time I go, I will get the popcorn though. I, my parents told me though, that when they went, they got the shaved ice and they say the shaved ice is like, they give you a gigantic amount of shaved ice, which thank God, because um, it's, it's always like upsetting when you spend six plus dollars on like some shaved ice places. And then you don't even really end up getting your money's worth. I think this shaved ice was $2, might be $3, but you get your money's worth, I promise. Sounds pretty baller. You were talking about the CG in that Robon movie and um, how it was so impressive. It was like a Hollywood movie, which I think, I think it's so cool that now, like with computers and stuff, independent creators can like do stuff that's comparable to that quality yeah most definitely most definitely it, i uh i get blown away with the stuff that i learned on just adobe over the summer because you know when i started my own podcast i got adobe cloud for 20 bucks a month because i'm a teacher and so i was able to see everything that uh, uh, adobe offers and there's so i think there's like three different apps on adobe specifically for animation uh like character generation uh, all that stuff that you need to create those films and it's just a matter of you know educating yourself putting in the time and the effort there's so many tools man so many tools and i know um it's not all just done on adobe like i'm not sure what the big cg editing software is or do you know any it's like a it's like a all types of different stuff it's people make open source software like some so there's a great uh, paid software and then people make free software and some it, people even make their own it's all kinds of stuff which i think is awesome because now you don't have to be like a hollywood like you don't have to have a hollywood dealer connection now 
just yeah. to just to like have your vision come to life. And that sounds like what happened in that movie you saw. Yeah. I uh I wonder if there's ever gonna be because you know like how TikToks are in right now. I wonder if there's ever gonna be I mean they tried it. I, it they did. They are trying it with Quibi, where they do like short film segment type things on an app. I don't know if you've heard of Quibi or if you've seen the ads. No. What's what what tell me more. Quibi, uh, I think Quibi launched at the beginning of this summer, and their whole big thing is like um four to five minute like um shows and skits and films and stuff, all meant for like, you know, the downtimes when you're using your phone. Like that was their big play. It's like, you know, when you have those five minutes in between uh you know, waiting for your next bus or the train or something, or maybe waiting for your Uber to pick you up, you know, you can toss on a Quibi. They're just like, you know, they were like, if we specify short, it's, I guess we're different than YouTube. That's what I think their play was. But I, there needs to be more of a, of a highlight on YouTube of like a short film section. You know, I feel YouTube is just run by, these reaction videos and it's gamers and stuff. The, you know, YouTube has drawn a lot of criticism that's totally warranted. And that goes into like a lot of different stuff. But if it doesn't fit a, the, the algorithm, whatever that is, which is, which can change by the day, who knows whatever that is. Nobody actually knows what that is. The algorithm. And if it doesn't be fit the time amount, like for the longest time, creators had to stretch out their videos to 10 minutes for them to get views or make money. Yep. So YouTube is kind of a, it, it was once a place for independent creators and not to say that it's not, but you know, if, if they had realigned their values, let's say, then we could see a lot of different stuff like maybe even short films become more popular there. That whole getting paid thing eight like because it's crazy where do people get the budget for these short films i think when we have like a director on like you know what i mean because even i i know their budget is well over a thousand dollars and like where like who do you have to talk to as our sponsors i think the next time we have a director on we have to really hammer home where do you get the money or like is this something that's inherited like what's going on with that? But anyways, back to Burger Fifty One. Highly recommend going to it. Um, and when you go, extra cheese on the nachos. Simple as that. Moving on. Netflix. Oh boy, oh boy. Netflix is towing the thin line right now. Um, between becoming pedo flicks. Or just flat out not existing anymore because I've seen I've seen both hashtags a lot within the past couple of weeks, and this is in regards to that movie Cuties that we had mentioned, uh, I think four episodes ago. Um, Chris, I know when we had gotten the car to talk about this, you had something that you wanted just to immediately uh, hit hit home today. So, like, what was that? Okay. So you know how the social media cycle is something comes into the light and you know, whatever reactionary thing happens and it passes. I look on Twitter 
I see cancel Netflix. What is this about? Click on it. Okay, of course, it's about cuties. We're still talking about cuties. Um, And I say, okay. And I, and I thought about it. And, you know, my, my opinion kind of wavered with this whole situation. And for anybody that needs a rundown, basically, Netflix put out this French movie called Cuties. And it's about like, a, let's say, a young girl like dance squad type thing. Yeah. And it shows um, like the girls wearing kind of like, I guess, uh, revealing stuff. And what you'd see at a dance competition or a cheer competition for girls. Like the frilly, glittery outfits that are half cut. They're showing their tum-tums, spanks. Yeah. That. And the big, the big uh, accusation is, hey, they're showing, they're sexualizing children. And the, what are they like? 11, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Going into middle school. And, you know, um, the description describes them as like twerking and they are twerking in. If you look at the trailers or some of the clips. Um, and first I was like, ah, yeah, this is weird. This is like what I when we discussed it. This is like what we think about, like pageants and a lot of other things that have that, you know, are in the weird corners of like our culture that are like kind of already sexualizing kids. We're like, yeah, that's weird. You know, and, and, and then in my perspective, what happened was it came out that people were saying that Netflix kind of sabotaged the movie because the translation of the description wasn't supposed to have the word twerking because mm, it's that's a- huge. That's what people hit on early. And why that whole cancel, uh, um, you know, or at least mentioning the movie Cutie started was because of the whole twerking in the description. I think when we did that first episode, I read the description. They had twerking in the first description, and then Netflix quickly changed it to uh, just talking about it being a dance crew. And they left it at that. Yeah, it's like, because look, like, like, this type of controversy makes you think like, oh, everybody on Netflix watches every show. No, I would have never paid this cuties thing any mind if I saw it in passing. I'd be like, oh, that's some sort of chick reality TV show thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have even known what it was. Okay. I'd be like, oh, you know, where's the office or, or what, you know, whatever yes. I, yeah, you're right? doing. Right. And uh, the twerking thing definitely set people off. So people were saying because this was, you know, the, the, French creators gave them all the like the the description in French and all the information. Netflix translated it improperly in English that made it sound it sound more sexualized than it was. So then I definitely entertained that thought. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe it's not sexualized, but maybe people think it is, right? That's where I will be. I said maybe sabotage. I mean, Netflix sabotaged this, uh, this, uh, the people who made it in, in France. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh, that could be possible, you know, because people are reactionary. They, they wouldn't know if it's true yes. or not. You know, people just looks at the title of an article and says, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Share. Anyhow. So I was entertaining that idea and I said, okay, I'm going to look at the trailer for cuties. And then um, I'll look at maybe some other footage, you know, 
screw it. I, you know, her journalistic integrity. I'm on the watch list, everybody. Okay. A couple of clips, right? I, I looked up cuties, uh, you know, on uh, YouTube. Okay. Anyhow, watch the trailer. I didn't see blatant sexualization in the trailer, but there was a clip. The clip. And it was called the worst clip in cuties. And I'm like, okay, we're getting down to the weird stuff. Show me. Okay. Cause like, like I'm one of those people that's like, oh, uh, pedo stuff anywhere. Yeah. Get the flame though. Or like, you know, like, yeah. like any good American, I suppose. Well, you, yeah, of course, of course, filming it. You know, you, the thing is, right. Is it okay? And I, I will, uh, we'll hit this after you finish. We talk, finish talking about the clip, but start stirring it up in your mind. We see this on reality television all the time and nobody, and I mean, nobody is yelling, cancel dance moms or cancel toddlers and tiaras like, but as soon, and, and don't run, there's probably some people out there, but as soon as you put it in a movie. And it's just, it's that whole reactionary culture, dude. One person saw it, the next person sees it, and it keeps going down the rabbit hole. But the clip, guys, this clip, Chris, continue. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch back on the reality TV stuff, because, like, that's definitely an angle into this, and that's kind of why I thought, like, ah, maybe that were you just fake. Yeah. Right? Because, like, I, I consider, like, eight angles of the whole thing, because I'm like, ah, what's the real, you know, what's the real truth? Anyways, I watched this clip. Okay, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll explain it very briefly. It appears that a child is offering herself sexually to an adult man. Would would you say that that's the read that you got yes. on it? Yes, I, I, if I, if I even had a better read, like I say, if we watch that movie in a little more, I would say it's a relative. Of, I, I would say like maybe that's a uncle, maybe a cousin, because. The chick had this dude's phone. So I feel like there was some relationship. Yeah, he he was talking. Okay, it was a young girl and he was an adult. They were in a house or an apartment. Yes. Um, and, and I'll be fair, we don't have the context for this scene. Okay. So unless it's some like, you know, M night Shyamalan tier thing where twist, right? <laughs> yeah, no. But not like, even. Oh, they were all robots. Or not even. But, uh, yes, I, I felt like that could have been a relative. Um, yes, I, I agree. So Sorry, she has the going. phone. She has a phone. She's like corning or cornered herself. Like she's got a door behind her and doors to her side that are closed. And this guy is like walking her down the hallway, backing her into the doors because the girl has his phone. Um, then the guy takes the phone back. And then this girl proceeds to unzip her jacket, take off her jacket, and she's wearing like a little tube top. Um, and then she uh, unzips her pants or unbuttons her pants and starts to unzip her pants. And the guy's like, you know, like, what the hell are you doing? You know, uh, like, you know, zip back up. And I think when the guy came to like go do that and like say, like, don't do that, the chick takes the phone again. Uh, hits the guy and then runs away into one of the other rooms. This is where it gets really weird. 
the girl then proceed to take off her pants, take off her underwear, and then she snaps a picture of her crotch and then post it to something that said public. So I think it was a, I think it was some sort of a like social media website or something. She does that. She snaps the picture, post it, then throws the, the guy's phone back out in the hallway. And then the clip ends. So we're really left with like, what, what is the context of this scene? But at the end of the day, you had a, a young girl stripping down her clothes, takes a picture of her crotch, and then post it to some sort of public website, social media, or something on this guy's phone. So it could have been, if, if I had to guess, Chris, uh, what I think is this guy has done something sexually to this girl before. Uh, she takes his phone, posts that picture to like prove that, you know, like he's like a bad guy coming after her. Like she, he's doing all these things to her. And then like, that's why she locked herself in the bathroom type situation. That's where I was feeling with it. But like at the end of the day, she's taking a picture of her crotch. Like what, what, what was your thoughts when you saw that? Okay. And same disclaimer is I don't know the context for this scene. Okay. So keep that in mind. If like by chance you've seen it, maybe you know something we don't, right? She goes, she, she wants the phone and that's why she, she's trying to get her phone from him. And like, that's the thing. And so first, you know, she's, it seems like she's about to get in trouble. And then she like starts undressing. Like she's like, I'm sorry to say, but it's like, she was offering herself. Okay. And she thought that's how she was going to get out of trouble, which like, to be fair, there could be some like meta narrative about how like being, you know, in like dance things and like pageant style things, like it teaches girls like how to get like, 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 oh, your value think, is linked I to this or that. it's tied to that. And I think it's tied to it. You can, you can say it that this is, these are the kind of movies that at least put that thought in a girl's head or put that thought in a, in a young child's head. All it takes is the thought, you know, it doesn't have to have affected them, but as long as their mind stirs and it's like, whoa, that's a possibility. You know, you at least think about it. It, it can affect that portion of that that's that's an angle that i didn't think about it i mean that could also that being like on netflix itself could influence a girl of that age who knows um what i'm saying is there could be some like 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 real narrative they were going for that could have been important but she offers herself to him then it doesn't work so she locks herself in a room and she takes a picture of her 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 genitals, right? Mm-hmm. And she sends a, a photograph, a picture of it to like a cloud service or a social media website. Yep. Which I'm like, okay, is she trying to give this to like another another kid or something, or is she like she need help or something like that? I don't I don't know. Don't know what it was, but it was definitely way out there, right? This yes. wasn't like some. Oh, here's little girls dancing. No, when you st- when you showed me that clip, I was thoroughly, uh, I was thoroughly blown away because then it it started to like paint a picture in my head a little bit better of okay, I can see now for sure how this 
can be like something that Netflix should really consider. Maybe even just change the age of the girls. I was just thinking that right now. I'm like, you know, 11 years old is a lot different than like 16 or 17. And I'm not saying there's any difference in like the morality of it, but at least it's a little older and it's not as just as blatantly creepy as it was. You know what I mean? I think we've all been in high school. 15, 16, 17 is a high school range. We all know what starts to happen. You know, guys send pictures of their junk. Girls send booty pics. And that's just like, that's all we used to talk about. At least I would in, in my high school, you know. So maybe that, the age change could make it a little less weird. But 11 years old is like, whoa, woof. One of the feelings that I got was that there could be, and I'll explain this, there could be a cultural difference where, okay, I think Europe is looked at as very sexually liberated, let's say, that's the quote unquote for it. Yeah, I agree, I agree. So, you know, like, if you look at things like their social politics and their prostitution laws okay like if you're a dude like people always talk about like oh you can go to europe and do xyz let's say to put it in a a tongue-in-cheek way right i'm thinking there could be a cultural difference where this could fly in france but not here so which is a grave mistake on netflix's part i would say yes but at the same time you know, I will hit, I'll hit back on the reality TV point, man, where it's just, you have, I've been seeing these shows since I was a very young, young kid. Like these, these things have been on for 10 plus years, toddlers and tiaras for sure. I'm not sure about dance mom, but they're all the same premise. It's girls dancing. And is there twerking? Like I've seen like a four-year-old get on stage and do like, you know, provocative dancing. Like as like they're, you know, the talent portion of the contest. And it's like, I think though, pageants have solidified themselves as like being okay. Because who doesn't like nobody, a pretty, nobody stops doesn't them. like a pretty girl. You know what I mean? Miss America, Miss Universe. It's, it's those girls, athletes, you know what I mean? That's who those girls are looking up to. They want to be just like those girls. It's like, don't deprive them of it early like us like guys playing sports type thing yeah that's a good comparison so you could say the same thing about dancers i know there's a lot of dancers you know that they uh they started at a super young age and they probably started at a super young age because they probably went to a a dance concert or something they're like oh this is awesome so is it okay yes or no it's up for you to decide there's no uh, black there's no uh like middle area here i feel yeah no you can't you can't say anything about it without it being a big deal yeah so uh i'll say that well we should talk about what people are saying now yes now the trending hashtag is cancel netflix yes and it's a trend of people are posting their that the screenshots of them canceling their subscription because cuties was released 
and it's uh sexualizing children right you know all this xyz we just listed out to you they have lost nine billion dollars since the whole hashtag cancel netflix hashtag started nine billion dollars in uh and revenue that if i'm not mistaken is what really can kill a company the thing that's always worried to me about netflix is they spend so much money on their netflix originals and that's why they're not able to get as many shows on i feel like a lot of their netflix originals flopped like because i like stranger things that's all i do stranger things is amazing trust me they've had some killer killer shows if i'm not mistaken uh the ozark was a netflix original one of the best shows that i've ever seen um they've had great movies like uh i like their action movies um the there was a car one called six something furious six or some shit i forgot but they've made the thing is <laughs> adjective the thing number is, right, especially with covid happening a nine billion dollar loss in revenue you spend all your money on Netflix originals, and most of them, if I'm being honest, most of them don't pan out. I, isn't it funny that Netflix, I don't know if you see the, the top 10. Do you ever see the Netflix top 10 most watched things right now? You know, I do, and a lot of times I don't know what they are. You know why? Because they're all their shitty Netflix originals that they're trying to get the fucking, they're trying to get people to watch. See, I'm the, telling the integrity you. is hard to get when you're just you're like, oh, I'll trust Netflix. Oh, yeah. Netflix knows what top 10 most watches, of course. Well, these are all Netflix originals. <laughs> None of these are good. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll prove that people... I, I figured something out. Okay. People are fickle about social issues to a certain point. And, I'll, and this is me setting up a scenario, but I'll, I'll tell you how it would go down. Okay. People start mass canceling their Netflix subscriptions. Nintendo... I just said Nintendo... Netflix regresses, right? And they have to like, you know, mess with their uh, financials and be like, oh, should we still do, you know, which which originals do we have to do? What are the highest rated ones? We got to be like really safe for a while. What if the next season of Stranger Things got fucking canceled? Oh, they would never. I would I would cancel my Netflix subscription immediately. (laughs) Okay, and just imagine, just imagine. Oh. Everybody cancels fucking Netflix. No more Stranger Things. You don't know where Hopper is. You you don't oh, over show you loved. Bye bye. What would people say? People would be fucking. They'd be like, oh oh, it would get for picked cuties. up. It would get picked up by somebody else. Like honestly, it would. Netflix would sell off because the fucking Netflix, rights. Ne- Netflix, if I'm not mistaken, right? They're 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 they have their corporation. But I think when it comes to those Netflix originals, they hire all these people that are like, you know, public workers. They don't, I don't think the people that work for or on Stranger Things are specifically tied to Netflix. You know what I mean? Like they're independent. They're probably like, uh, they're probably like a production company. Like you see, uh, you know, I don't know what they're called, like 20th Century Fox, Sony, da, da, da. They're probably a production company. Um, we just know them as Netflix, but they, they probably have. So then just, we'd see Netflix is going to be on TBS or something like that. Yeah. 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 I, um, I, I find it just insane to, to know that they lost $9 billion. Like, 
we say those numbers and it's like we don't understand we can't perceive numbers that big <laughs> it's not it's our not life fathomable it really isn't it really isn't maybe, maybe they're doing that well to take a nine billion dollar hit who knows i don't netflix was there, was there from the jump they were you did you have netflix uh dvds sent to your house were you there or were you just on the streaming side of it no i never got the dvds i but i knew about it yeah because the commercials were always on tv and uh austin his family um i believe he's told stories of doing it and uh you know which is really weird you know like we were talking about formats we talking about how it's like you know from our childhoods to our adults is like yeah people have dvd players and a bunch of dvds right you know i i have a dvd cop copy of daredevil in my house okay okay it wasn't a good movie i have it anyways but we went through that like transition where like uh you know we watch used to watch dvds and keep them in our house to now like everything's streaming nothing else and you'll have all those dvds and you won't touch them at all It'll be worth a lot of money one day, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll become like vintage, like yes. tier. Our kids will love like collecting. Like, you know, people love collecting records now. Kids will love collecting. Yeah, records. I do it. Like, oh, it's for sure going to be the next, uh, the next big collection item. But moving on from our Netflix topic, uh, I've been recently watching uh, the Rush Hour trilogy. Have you ever watched Rush Hour? No, never seen them. Okay, so quick rundown. Uh, you have a cop, uh, LAPD police officer, Chris Rock, or not Chris Rock, Chris Tucker. Um, and then you have uh, Asian or, or China special ops soldier person, uh, Jackie Chan, who and they end up being partners together. And they like uh, are working like with the FBI to take down, you know, big criminals and everything. But I would highly recommend these movies to everyone. I'm rewatching them and it really connected me with my childhood because I used to watch those movies a lot. They were really uh, great action comedy movies. And I feel like we don't see enough of those nowadays. Um, and also a, just a great trilogy. Like each movie builds on the next one and then they really hit their stride in their final movie where like they're in Paris and they have like an epic fighting scene on the Eiffel tower and everything. Um, but Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan as a combo, I would put them up there as like one of the most memorable acting duos because they, they fed off each other. So well, I love movies that just have two people that, that are just that run with it. Similar like a pineapple express. Yeah. Chemistry is everything. Um, which gets into the show what we're going to talk about later, but also, you know, comedies, it's that great chemistry and, uh, action duos. Like it's, uh, it's hilarious seeing all the, <laughs> the fighting scenes. Cause you could see like, you know, they're getting pulled on strings, you know, Jackie Chan goes flying like 10, 10 feet with, uh, like, you know, imperfect karate kicking form as he flies across like three boxes right into the guy's chest. It's Hollywood. He flies back. It's like, it actually, uh, there was a lot of cool explosion scenes. I'm a sucker for explosion scenes, especially like the first time I went to Universal Studios and I found out that they actually like blow shit up 
I used to think it was all just animated and like they drew in like how crazy it looks. But then you like, I'm on Universal Studios tour and they like showed us like how fast and furious cars get into a wreck. There's fire and there's just a huge kaboom, you know? And they, they, these movies have it about, I think there's like three or four of them in each movie, like major explosions, break the bank on the budget. Like we need fire. You know, explosions, it's like you make fun of Michael Bay movies because he just uses explosions, but men watch them. You know, Michael Bay's made some good fucking movies. Okay. It's, it's worth it. I, first off, people love that shit. Can we like not lie and say that like, oh, just there could have been so much more time for the plot to develop or like, we don't know what that character was thinking. Like, no. And I'll say, I talk, I talk shit. Okay. Be- I talk shit because what was the movie called? It was like Dawson and Hobbs. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw. I saw the, the trailer in the movie theaters and I like, I thought like I said, a marketing team one guy had an idea and they like play telephone across the fucking room because it's like a marvel superhero movie kind of and it's a a buddy cop movie and it's an action movie and it's a racing movie and it features uh uh what was it it's like kevin hart and and the rock yeah kevin hart it's like i'm like how off the rails and it's like oh set in the furious universe and i'm like what i miss what what the hell is this they uh they definitely thought by putting kevin hart in there they were gonna maybe get like uh what was that movie he was in with ice cube let let's not let's be cops uh um they thought they were gonna get two movies out of it get hard i think that yeah get hard yeah because it was about like going like it's like a police thing or something yes he he rides with like a police officer Yes, he rides with, yeah, Ice Cube's a police officer. But, like, that's that's the thing that I found that Rush Hour has that those movies today really don't have. And, like, it's a, it's a well-built story, man. They really aren't trying to rush through it. They're basic at the, you know, they're always working to capture somebody. Always. Like, in how in any movie would be. But the way the story progresses as far as, like, villain character goes, there's a villain character in there named Jun Tao. He's in there in the first movie as like a henchman worker. And then in the second movie, you know, he's like working his way up the chain of command. So like they're always kind of going after him, but there's another guy bigger than him. And then the final movie. Uh, Wait, you know, which movies you're talking back to? Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Rush Hour. Okay, good. So Just like sure. Rush Hour 1, he starts off as like a henchman as a villain, like the villain henchman. Then he moves up to like... uh number two in command and then the third movie you know they are fine like they they know that jun tao's in the the leader and like if he goes down there's nobody else in the lineage huge fighting scene on the eiffel tower they end the movie with chris rock and uh <laughs> and jackie chan uh playing the song ah ugh, yeah what is it good for absolutely nothing sing it again yo and they're like see you know it's like jackie chan's asian ass doing like black person dance moves and like you know chris tucker's like 
swaying side to side. It's the perfect way to end the movie. Uh, highly recommend everyone go out there and watch the Rush Hour trilogy. Highly recommend. You know, that's, that's kind of cool. And it's in a weird way, like, like I said, I talk shit. Okay. About like how small brain I think some of these movies are, but, but then I have my spots. I'm like, I liked both the Expendables movies. They're badass. Yes. They didn't, you know, it's not like they didn't have a great like villain set up, like even some of the like Die Hard one or something. Then the, the story was like, whatever it, we, we knew how small brain it was. We're like, I want to see all the action hero guys in one big movie with lots of fucking explosions. Yes. And fight scenes and gritty and awesome. So just because it's small brain doesn't, you know, that doesn't make it invalid. That just means it's not, you know, it's not intellectual. It's not like, oh, Martin Scorsese, you know, and all the symbolism is like, we want to see things explode. Okay. Is that cool? Thanks. (laughs) It's the truth. It's the truth. Uh, Now, Chris, we have hit the time in the show uh, where we're going to talk about a show that we've, we've mentioned multiple times on this podcast. But now we have the full-on opportunity to, to deep dive on this. Um, and it's It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've been watching this show since... I, this was a show I saw when I was a kid. Like, I'm saying, like, uh, 12, 13 years old when they first started. Because I would always have FX on. Because FX was right next to uh, Nickelodeon. And I didn't have a remote for my TV. So I was like, it was super easy to bounce between commercials, uh, 23 and 24 on Cox and then 28 for Disney channel. It was like a, it was that little five channel. See, I remember, I remember oh, you want me to list it for you. You had to remember. Go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You got Fox on 20 CNN on 21 HLN on 22. Nobody saw that Nickelodeon 23 FX 24 discovery 25. Oh, it would, it wasn't. Bravo. It's not Bravo TV. Oh. No, no, no. I don't know what 26 was. Well, I just remember all the. Imp- I, I, I 27 think all the was BET. Commercials. 27 was BET. 28, Disney. 29, Spike. ESPN 30. Done. Named your 20. Okay. I can't go. I, Cartoon Network was. I think it was 53 or it was 56. Cartoon Network was in the 50s. It might have been in the 60s. 65. 65. It was 65. That's amazing. And you got that Nickelodeon 23. Holy shit. That's why you had to make a decision. Digging deep. That's digging deep. You had to make a decision. Because some TVs, you'd be able to go all the way down to channel zero and they would flip back to 100. And then that would be the quick way to go to. It's like on a video game menu where, yes. where it'll scroll back to the other end. So it's like. I could press up three times or I could press down twice. What am I, an idiot? <laughs> yeah, right? No, seriously. That, you had to make those choices. But so that's why I started watching It's Always Sunny uh, so early in my life. Because it, it, first off, whenever I saw this when I was younger, did not understand it at all. It is a very uh, adult comedy show. And if you don't have that part of your brain developed yet, which my 13-year-old self didn't, I, I thought it was just, it was, I thought it was kind of stupid. Not even gonna lie, but I loved their intro music. And Austin, maybe if you could put a copy like a less than copyright <laughs> amount of the intro music right here, I would appreciate it. It'd be like three notes. 
Okay. And that's, that gets into the production of the show, I think, really. Yes. But uh, before we get into that, I think we should explain to people who don't know what this show is about. Yes. Okay. So there are a group of people who run an Irish bar in a really shitty part of Philadelphia, right? Really run down. There's like an old shack and homeless bums are walking around. Okay. Like, so white trash. And the thing is, they all went to high school together. And uh, there's, I'll do a quick run through the characters, right? Just so you can get a picture of what's going on here. They run the bar. It's called Patty's Pub. Dennis and Dee, they're siblings, okay? Then there's Mac and Charlie who are real good buds with each other and also are buds with Dennis because they went to high school together. They all went to the same high school. And um, if I'm not mistaken, Mac went to Catholic school and early on, he went, I think in elementary school, they went to high school together. They all went to high school. Yeah. Point is they were raised. Irish. They were Irish. So like yeah. Catholic and you know, Irish, right? You know, if yes, you, if you know, like Irish, Catholic families like that type of uh, he he definitely skews towards that type of character that follows those like morals and morals. Look at me. <laughs> follows. <laughs> let's say follows the Catholic religion. Okay. Let's say values. Values. <laughs> values. There we go. That's once, we get in, once we get into it, every, you know, morals is maybe the worst. Yes. yes. Um, so the, that's the core group of four. Then comes in the father of Dennis and Deandra D um, and that's Frank Reynolds. And that is played by Danny DeVito. And I think we've talked, we've talked about that character of Frank before on the show. He, uh, he doesn't come in though until I think season three. Yeah. Season two or three, actually very early on. Yeah. But he was not in the first season. Yeah. Beginning. He, there's a very interesting story of why um, Danny DeVito was added as a new main cast character. Um, but we'll get into that later, right? Because um, there's a story behind it. Yes. Basically, the show f- follows these people. And, you know, they're white trash. Keep that in mind. They're all really bad people. Every episode is like a scheme, a scheme or a misunderstanding. Um, for example, one episode. Do you have a more subtle episode? You've you watched the show for more. Do you have a like the example of a plot of a more subtle episode? Um, as far as like a scheme goes? Yeah. Okay. Um, my one of my favorite scheme episodes is a board game they play called Charty McDennis. Um and this is a board game they created as kids, um, like in rainstorms and stuff like, and they've built it over times. And as they've gotten older, they've progressively added things such as drinking, uh, screaming at each other's faces, really weird, obscure rules. And it's, uh, it's just really out there. It's a board game you've never heard of before, or ever played it. And they go down this, they, they end up playing the game because like they're all bored one day. And, um, and there's like no business at their bar. Yeah. Oh, there's never business at their bar. 
So like they're able, that's how they're able to go and do all these like cool adventures and stuff is because they're in full control of like shutting down the bar if they have to, or just flat out forgetting to turn the open sign on, whatever. Charity McDennis, they start playing this board game and in the board game, it involves a lot of drinking. We mentioned that they're white trash. They are all else also raging alcoholics. They are drinking in every episode. At some point, you will see somebody drunk in the episode. Charlie McDennis, they're playing. They're getting really hammered. And it's Frank's first time actually playing the game um, because, you know, he never got to play it with them when they were kids. Uh, Frank was elsewhere. So he starts playing the game and, you know, Frank's like trying to learn all the rules. Dennis and D are on one team and Mac and Charlie are on the other team. And then they tossed Frank with Mac and Charlie because, you know, they've never won the game. So they're like, you know, usually we'll it was a two V two because they developed yeah. it growing up. Yep. So they, they amended it so Frank could play. So some dumbass things that go on during this match um, to start off the game, they, uh, they drink wine, like very, like, you know, um, elegantly, they're being very polite to each other. And then like before the game starts, they say, uh, ladies and gentlemen, suck my dick. They chug their drinks. They smash the wine glasses on the floor and then they start screaming in each other's faces. It's like called the, like the intimidation phase or something. It's like right after, you know, you're super nice with each other. You slam your glasses. They're screaming in each other's faces, like making just crazy, like Haka dancer faces. You know, I don't, if you've ever seen the Haka, they're doing that face. Then they get into the game. Uh, there's some really dumb challenges. One involves uh, Dennis having to put his hand against the wall as they throw darts at his hand. And the whole point is if you, uh, you have to show no emotion. You can't move. If you show any emotion, you, you, uh, you, you can't lose. flinch. Yeah, you can't flinch. You can't do anything. <laughs> so they're all throwing these darts. They're barely missing. And then... Uh, I think it's Mac finally nails him right in the center of the palm, right? And Dennis has like this really intense scene where he just has the dart in his hand. He looks at the dart. He looks back at Mac, pulls the dart out. And then he doesn't like react or flinch at all. He like just shakes off his hand, you know, absorbs the pain, takes a deep breath. And then everyone's like, son of a bitch. How the hell did he just do that? It was mentally ill. And a part of this game I should mention are two things. One, they they are drinking the whole way. They're getting hammered and for some of the parts of the game, drinking more. Just like degenerately white trash wasted. Okay. To to play to this, they the game board, quote unquote, is a piece of wood that has um a, a circle for every stage. There's like Three or four stages. Yes. And um, then they have their game pieces, which are like toys from their childhood. Because like I said, this is a childhood game turned like white trash drinking game. Yes. And Dennis and these are these nice little like nice looking dolls that look like them because like they grew up rich kind of. Yes. And then, you know, Mac and Charlie, they're like poor. The poor. (laughs) Yes. Which poor. there's a lot of reasons like they're like buddies on the show, but you know, they have like one's like a, a He-Man action figure and one's like another like boy action figure and like they're all smashed up and 
covered in like tar from the road. Right. And, you know, Frank, Frank is, is Dean Dennis's father. Okay. And so he never played this game because this was the childhood game for D Dennis, Mac Charlie. Right. Anyways, Frank was like, why is it all smashed up? Oh, well, whoever wins gets the pleasure of smashing the other person's game game piece to bits. So, you know, Frank's like, well, wait, wouldn't D and Dennis's be messed up too? But D and Dennis are, you know, bragging like usual. And they're like, yeah, we've never lost. They've never lost. They're like, you know, 30 and O or something, you know, and you could see Mac and Charlie at the beginning of the episode when they mentioned playing this game. You know, like they really are eager because they want a chance to beat them. And like, you know, Dennis and D are like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, we'll play you guys again. Um, so it ends up progressing. They're getting freaking hammered. Uh Frank gets uh penalized for cheating or something. Something goes along. Oh, yeah. Frank calls out his own teammates for cheating. And since that happened, he had to end up going in like a dog crate and then in order to get out of the dog crate you have to eat all the ingredients of a cake so you have to eat the cake mix you have to eat the eggs you have to eat the milk or drink the milk you know all the stuff for uh to make a cake um and while you're in there while he was in there they gave him the rule book so like he's like looking through this binder and it's a three ring binder filled to the brim with rules right and who knows what could be in there. So he's in there and he's studying the rule book. Needless to say, Dennis somewhat spills his beer on, on uh, Frank while he's in there. And Frank's able to like taste it until it's water. So Frank waited till like the final match right before uh, Dennis and D were about to win and called them out for not drinking. They were, they were faking drunk. They had not been drinking all these years playing the game and they finally got caught and they were whooping Mac and Charlie's ass. Like it was a runaway game, but while in the dog crate, Frank is looking through the rule book and says, if a, if a player isn't drinking or is caught out, not drinking the other team advances to their spot on the, on the game board. So they are able to come all the way back from like not having a chance to win to it's like a 50 50 shot of them winning. And they finally like pull out the last card to see like what they have to do to break a tie. And it's like this really intense scene with Frank reading it and saying flip a coin. So it's like a 50 50 shot. They get hype and then they flip a coin and then the scene cuts to black. And then the next scene opens up. And it's just Dennis and D smashing Mac and Charlie's game pieces into the floor because they had lost the coin toss. It was that that's a great example of one of their schemed out episodes. Like you said, there's also episodes where they really hit like political topics. Uh, what other uh, kind of episodes have you seen so far? Okay, so I'm going to touch base on. What's the name of the game? Charlie McDennis. Charlie McDennis. Oh my god. All their names combined. Yeah, which the whole crux of it is like they're they were kids when they made the damn game. So the rules are stupid. And then as they grew older and made more rules, they were starting to get drunk. The, thus the the black card 
the like craziest thing that could that decides the game flip a coin right right so like a big theme of the show is they're all dumb they're all a they're stupid and low class and b that they're dumb yes all right or b that they're bad people they're bad people they're, they're dumb, dumb but they think they're geniuses yeah everybody has their the crux of their character dennis is extremely narcissistic he's narcissistic but also like extremely poor manner right yes. and self-centered how to act charlie is actually like learning disabled He's like learning disabled and then he starts like to huff glue and stuff. He's he progressively gets more learning disabled as the seasons go on. You're going to like that. That's the thing that I uh, got a little confused on with him early on. Understand that Charlie, he seems smart early on. Progressively. His brain deteriorates after he has so much glue. Yeah. And, you know, which like it's almost like I feel bad for Charlie. <laughs> Because he's learning disabled and being where he is in life is, and the people around him are like pulling him like even further down, <laughs> right? And and it's like it's really like almost mentally ill in a way, but very entertaining. So, to, just to share my thoughts about Charlie McDennis, is the bombshell was that Dennis and Dee had been cheating all these years by not drinking; they were drinking water, so. Like, like they're so eager to win that they've been cheating in this game this whole time. Right. And like, yeah, part of the reason they weren't caught was because Charlie and Mac are so stupid. But part of it is like, oh, it turns out Dennis and D just want to like are just big assholes. Yes. And then it comes, which is like, OK, they're stupid. Or this is the part that tells you they're they're bad people. Right. Then the the thing that decides the game, because they wrote it when they were either children or drunk was flip a coin that decided the game so then it became shows you this character these characters are stupid so these characters are bad people and these characters are stupid yes which is like kind of the theme of the whole show yes yes no i think that hits it that hits it perfectly that hits it perfectly because each episode is similarly framed in that sense where there's not a lot of uh there is character progression. Like you'll learn more about characters and they end up doing a really great job of, uh, of playing all these characters because they are the writers of the show. I think it's one of those rare times in a show where it's directed, written and produced by those, the main four, the, the main two are Dennis and a Mac and their, their real names. Dennis Reynolds is his real name. And Mac, uh, I got some information up. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Go with info. So this is about the pilot episode. And this is one of the reasons that this show is so interesting is because it's really a passion, pro a passion project. Yes. Right. Um, the three main actors, which is Rob Mc McKellany, Mac, um, Glenn Howerton, who's Dennis and Charlie oh, yeah. day. Charlie Day. Charlie Day. Charlie is who, Charlie. Yep. That, that's, he uses his real name, Charlie, right? Um, which is very interesting to me. But anyways, um, they filmed a pilot episode. Okay. Then the estimated production cost was $85 to $200, which apparently was mostly just them buying tapes for the cameras. They filmed this pilot episode, these three guys with this concept. 
and Fox got interested or the, the, the network got interested, right? They're like, okay. So they had them film another pilot episode. They filmed it. And then they said, okay, sign you up for We're doing the show. And we liked it so much that we'll let you guys stay as the writers. That's crazy. So this is by all means a total passion project. It, but it, you, I feel like you can sense that after a while in watching it. And if you've watched it multiple times and you learn like those little facts about how this developed over time, like that whole pilot episode, I had seen a video about that once and just how crazy it was because uh, the, the way they shot the pilot for less than a hundred looks extremely similar to actually how the pilot came out uh, on, on FX, you know, there was just the better lighting, but the acting was still for the people that don't know. Basically they filmed the pilot episode, which was the plot for the episode charlie gets cancer okay they filmed the pilot which um you know that's what got them picked up do you remember that episode yes they were playing basketball didn't he, uh matt go over to like pick up a basketball at his house and then he was like i have cancer but mac like wanted to still go play basketball he's like oh no charlie i'm sorry to hear that what can I have the basketball still? Like, like you know, he's like slowly like working his way out just after his best friend tells him he's got cancer. Perfect example. You And what's so great about the acting in this show is you could see the gears turning in their head in the way that they act and the way that they speak. So Max, so Max, Mac is dumb. That's his biggest thing. And, um, he has these ideas, you know, he, you know, which is like a lot of it's like, oh, I, I had some delusion. Each character has like a delusion or a scheme that they're working towards. But anyways, you could tell in Mac's face, he doesn't really care what Charlie's saying. Like, oh, you have cancer. I don't know what that means. I want to play basketball. (laughs) (laughs) I want to go hoop with the boys, Charlie. Oh, my. so you see Mac emotes by pretending to be like concerned kind of, but also like just so he could ask him if he could still have like play basketball or whatever. Right. So they got saved like in that situation, right? They got saved. This show has been saved multiple times. It has, it, it truly has by the addition of um, Danny DeVino's Frank Reynolds. And then there at the beginning, uh, getting uh, that, big break after did you know just that passion project send it out to fx and like how shocked do you think you are if you are uh if you're them right and it, it, i was reading that mac worked at a bar and he still had to work at the bar while uh while he was doing season one to to you know make enough money to live where i well where was i going with that oh they got um, saved you know, uh, like, yes. and like, how crazy is that? You know, you, you're tending bar, you get a call and it's the FX producers or, or something saying, Hey, come down here. We want to fund your show. I might quit my bartending job that night. Like I might be like, see ya. A very interesting thing is that it said on the wiki that 
FX was paying them at the beginning like nothing. Really? Yeah. It was just like, we're going to put your show out there. Okay. We like what you're doing creatively, but we're not making any money yet. <laughs> so, so it was two interesting pieces. One, he probably had to work out a necessity while doing this creative thing, but also originally in the pilot and their concept for the show, it was supposed to be set in California. Really? Okay. I was not, I was not aware of that. And I believe it was FX actually. FX was the network. Mm-hmm. Okay. They said that's too LA or California is too similar to the other sitcoms we have out right now. So it has to be somewhere else. So they chose Philadelphia, which is um, one of their, one of their home, uh, home cities. Which, if I can, I well, anyways, I, I it's one Ph- of them. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Why are you looking for that? I think Philadelphia was the perfect place because you also, like, the way they act is very Philadelphia-esque. Um, I've never been to Philadelphia, but I know a lot of things about Philadelphia sports fans. And I know that they are a riley, wild, drunk bunch. Um, that's what I get from our Philadelphia audience, when you listen, that's what I think about you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they honestly, they sell the culture of the place very well. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it obviously it gave the show its title one, but fucking B one and B. That's how I count. Um, two, like they did it like super authentic. Like the, it, it was just as much about them as it was about the location. You know, they're living in this like slummy part of Philadelphia and uh, they're like a white trash Irish bar. And um, and, you know, you talk about like the sporting events there. There have been episodes where um, Mac, Mac and Mac and Dennis are trying out for the sports team. Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, because it happened in a movie. Yeah. So the movie I, I can. uh this is a great episode to go in on actually. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it because they uh, were trying to model the movie invincible um, with Marky Mark, you know, Marky Mark, the Philadelphia boy gets a chance at the NFL. You know, he's got those good vibrations. So the, in the movie, you know, he makes the, the Eagles off of like this tryout that the Eagles host. Um, and then they, they said like, let's turn this into a fucking <laughs> spinoff. Let's in the episode have another set of tryouts similar to that. Um, and that way, like we have a chance to like make the Eagles. So they go out there and it right off the, right off the jump that you should have known it's a sham because they said, this is our quarterback, Donovan McNabb and Donovan McNabb's like this huge built, like six, five, you know, thick, thick quarterback NFL body. Right. And out comes this like dude who's like six feet tall. He's got himself a little like muffin top. He's drinking a coffee. He's like, how are you guys doing? I'm Donovan McNabb. Everyone's like, this isn't Donovan McNabb. Like what? And then, you know, he's like, you know, make sure you just eat fresh. Go to Subway. You know, he does like a little, a little product placement. And then they, then this other dude yells like, get on the buses. We're going to try out. And they thought they were trying out in the stadium. Hell no, they got taken to like some park out in the middle of Philly. 
They start doing a football tryout. And the way D gets tied in this episode, because I know what you're thinking, the boys are trying to make the Philadelphia Eagles. No. The entire point of this episode is D trying to prove to them that she could get picked to play for the Eagles. What what was your favorite part of that episode? Because it's a it's one of my favorites. It is. Okay. It's a great episode. And it, it shows off some of the pettiness of the motivations. Um, because sometimes like it's political. Sometimes it's like sometimes they're trying to be intellectual, but sometimes they're just trying to be petty. Um, you know, Mac and Dennis, it's just like, uh uh-huh, I'm a better, you know, I'd get picked up by the Philadelphia Eagles and not you, you know, and they, they, they're both already deluded into thinking it would be, it would be one of them. Cause they're like out of shape. Right. Mac thinks he's in shape, but he, even he's not right. Mm-hmm. And Dennis is narcissistic. So he's like, Oh, you know, I'm way more capable than you. Then D he's like, Oh, you know, they're saying like, Oh, do you can, you can never do it because you're a girl. Right. Yeah. And, um, he's like, no, it's just cause girls aren't allowed. And like, no, cause you know, it, like the typical, like girls can't do what men can do. You know, Mac and Dennis are extremely, uh, what's the word for hating women? M starts with an M. Um, Hmm. English. Yes. What a hell of a language it is. Anyways, continue. Everyone knows what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Like that typical mindset, right? So D is like, ah, I, you know, let me do it too. So I can prove to you that I'll beat you. And then they're like, ah, you know, they, they just say, ah, well, girls aren't allowed to try it anyway. So you can't even try, you know? So D, you know, Dennis's sister, like does herself up like a boy. Like she changes her hair. She puts on uh, the she talks with a deep voice, she like talks this. with a deep voice and, you know, has a headband and the makeup. And the, you know, the whole football thing on. And so she's like, oh, I'll join and then beat you. Right. And it's so stupid. And they're like almost trying to like tattle on her like that's a girl. But but she she holds her own. Right. And she doesn't care about football or anything. She just wants to prove them wrong. Right. And so she she almost. Is the one who wins because she gets a, a good kick. For the the yeah, she punched the ball like. 70 plus yards like amazing punt you know if you could do it consistently of course you'd be in the nfl um and so you know she does it once in front of the coaches and like i the 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 trainer dude was like oh i gotta bring the real coach over to see this so you know that's when the boys start their true like manipulative plan to sabotage d's one shining moment chance and in this moment, uh, they decide to use to shoot a gun when she goes to punt the ball. So as she's about to go punt the ball, they shoot the gun. The gun actually hits one of the Ponderosas brothers. And I know we haven't talked about the Ponderosas, but they play a big part. No, no, they're no, not the, the other P. Um, not Ponderosa. Um, McPoyle. McPoyle. Oh, those McPoyle. Nasty bastard. The McPoyles. My bad. Um, so they, they accidentally shoot this guy, but it happens as D kicks it and D kicks it and snaps her leg. Like as soon as the ball connects with her foot, 
her leg like snaps and you know the boys are like laughing their fucking asses off because you know right before she had punted the ball she said i'm gonna punt this ball as a woman and you know like takes off her wig takes off the makeup mustache and everything and everyone's like oh my god like what how could this have happened punts it breaks her leg and where did it go after that she breaks her leg and then i think uh the mcpoyle brother beats them right yeah he makes like the team um and i that's a good place to bring up the other plot that's going on frank and charlie okay frank and charlie they just want to tailgate outside of the thing and charlie like i guess in like high school or whatever he would go to like sporting events and as the green man dressed in a green suit which is just a green morph suit and like an alien green morph suit that's all it is right and you know charlie Charlie doesn't have many likes so you know this is the type of thing that gets him excited he gets to be green man and they all tell him don't be green man no no because because the regular philadelphia mascot is there which is do you know because i know it's i know i think it's just an eagle but i the green man is a real person oh really the green like people wear green people wear those same suits to the eagle games so like the whole like story is like rooted in like philadelphia stuff it is it is that's cool see they they do it very authentic they do it justice Mm -hmm. um which is really awesome and then that's why i brought up this episode but uh Frank and Charlie, Frank is, you know, Dean Dennis's father and Charlie's the dumb one. Sorry to say he's learning disabled. Um, anyways, they want to tailgate, right? So they tailgate out of the stadium and then they, they realize how they're not playing at the stadium. They take that bus to some other field because they're like, like, no, you're not, you're not getting in our stadium. So then, you know, Frank and Charlie have to put, put the barbecue back in the car and drive there. And then they tailgate and the McPoyles are in an RV next to them. The McPoyles are this weird inbred, like, like, like good old boys. Like you, I'm talking like they've inbred for years and they're proud of it too. They state in the show that they, they have sex with one another. And it's not that they're like, they're, they're just, they're really weird and off putting. Okay. That's all and they walk like they walk around drinking milk like all the time and it's they're just dressed like they're just in the old country but like dirty old country. yeah like usually they'll wear like a pair of underpants and then like a a robe like a robe that's it and like yeah that's cool well we could walk around like this and drink milk point is they're really off-putting people and their whole family is tailgating next to where charlie and frank set up so it's like we hate these guys for, and then the McPoyles are schemers too. Okay. So they, they hate the McPoyles and their whole family is now. The reason why is because a McPoyle was trying out for the Philadelphia Eagles, quote unquote, yes. just like the Dennis, best, like the most athletic. This, this one isn't inbred, maybe inbred in the sense that he got really jacked and like he's athletic, but. He's like the only one of the bunch that actually has a remote chance of doing it. And that's how it crosses over with the plot of Mac, Dennis, and D is that Mac and Dennis are like, oh, we're going to win. And then D's like, I'm going to win. 
but they're so out of shape and live such a terrible lifestyle. They was never going to be them. And the one who it was, who was actually like legitimately had a chance was the McPoyle brother who was just like this buff God. Like he's totally athletic. He's built for that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then Frank in Frank takes LSD and tells Charlie of a story where he got locked in an RV once at Woodstock and it was like a near death experience. Something, some, he just like had a really bad trip. Yeah. 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 But like entirely too much acid. Like if you look, if you watch the episode and if you've ever done acid before and you see the amount they took, you're like, that is entirely too much. Yeah. They're total morons. He, he, he doesn't know. He, he's like, he's degenerate and he's now getting old and senile. So he just takes a bunch of acid, which is not good. But Charlie specifically says, no, I don't want acid. But Frank put it in his drink. So now Charlie is the green man. He's going to go do this green man thing. And now he's high as shit on acid. Okay. okay. And so it's Charlie. He didn't like. It. But he goes and he sees the Philadelphia actual mascot. Right. And it's like, he's they're like, you know, like the fandom is super big. Everybody's like in on it. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. Like he loves, you know, he, he, you know, did the green man. So he's like, oh, I like mascots. And he also likes the Eagles and their mascots. So he goes to say hi. And um, because Charlie's high as shit and because he's also dumb, he ends up fighting the Eagles mascot. And um, that's pretty much the end of his arc. Yes, okay. Yes. Gets in a fight. It gets just beat up by the mascot and all the Philadelphia fans that are in in earshot. So uh, that's their plot. A, and there, then it goes to show like this show. When you guys watch it, it's twenty. It's a twenty-two minute sitcom. You must pay attention from start to finish. There is no phone time. You will miss something that will crucially tie into something that is hilarious. I'm telling you, there's like so many subtleties in building up this and building up episodes. And there's so many different storylines that they can go with, with it being four characters. There's not too many times where it's just like a solo character adventure. They usually are paired up together, but like, it's not a show that like where it's like 40 minutes long and it's okay. If you miss like maybe a little bit of dialogue, it's not going to affect the long play of it. You, but, this show roots a lot of funny seeds throughout that climax at the end. Like the, the every it's always sunny in Philadelphia episode. It might be funny in, in at the beginning, but the endings of these episodes are what make it the best. It's not like a, a family guy per se. Yeah. It's, it's not joke for joke in which if you're not paying attention, you might get that impression. Cause like, it's like, Oh, this is like, you know, it's offensive and funny, but they cut the, they cut the fat out of these episodes. Every episode is some sort of seed of mo. You, you gotta feel out the motivation of every character. What do they want? Yes. Okay. Uh, Dennis and Mac wants to make the football team. D wants to prove Dennis wrong. Charlie wants to be a mascot and Frank wants to do acid. Okay. Like, like <laughs> yes, you, you figure out their motivations and then like it's pathological. You know, these are bad people. If you, you're this far in the show, you know, they are bad people, right? 
So you're just and, and like I said, they're great actors. You watch the gears turn in their head. You really pay attention and form that narrative. Then the climax or twist at the end makes it eight times funnier. They spend the whole episode setting these seeds while they do progressively worse shit. Then it trumpets and it climaxes into the funniest scene. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So uh, like which which I'm like, wow, somebody might look at this as like a really low brain show, but it's the writing is crazy and the storyline. Agreed. Agreed. Um, hitting like this in a nutshell and tying this all up. What are some quick hitter facts that you researched and you did about the show? Um, I know I did some, and I'm thoroughly blown away that there's a. It's always sunny in Phil. Uh, it's not. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny in Moscow. So there's a Russian spinoff to this that I promise you I will be looking up tonight. Um, after I uh, get back from dinner, I'm for sure going to at least try to watch an episode. If I find out where to watch it, I will definitely have Austin tie it in the URL or how to find it in the show notes. Um, Cause I didn't know. I never knew that. And I'm a, I've been watching. It's always sunny for 10 plus years, but Chris, what are some other facts that you had about the show? Um, something about production. That's interesting is that early on in the show, it got picked up and then it was almost canceled for whatever reason. The network wanted to drop it. Um, ratings. I don't know what it was, but Danny DeVito saved the show because he said, yeah, Oh, my kids watch the show. They like it. So he came in like daddy fucking more bucks and saved the show. He's a big name actor. And, um, he still let the three writers, the guys write the show. And um, he was just in the tight, you know, he was just a new character. So he revived their passion project, basically, and then Definitely. became an integral part of the show because of how good of a character. I, and when you watch it, it's so flawless. It's the the entrance of him and the storyline like they uh, they never played off early in the earlier seasons like Dennis and D don't know who their dad is. Or like Dennis and D are struggling to like like with their parents or whatever. It they transition perfectly. It matches the storyline well. Um, my fact that I was going to bring up is that in the show, D and Mac, um, you know, like they're just friends. Outside of the show, they're married. Um, which. When you start, like, after you, you uh, see a couple episodes, you're like, oh, my God, these are married. Mac calls D a bird. Mac flames the shit out of his wife. Um, and Mac's wife is just constantly getting shit on, like, like, all the time. And it's, like, crazy to see how they can, like, you know, compartmentalize, set things aside. Because they get really deep in telling D some really nasty shit. Yeah, when they play Charlie McDennis gosh it's like they're calling her a bird the whole show because the way she looked and they made fun of the fact that she used to have like she had a back problem she had to wear a brace when she was a kid and you know she's the girl all don't get me wrong these are shitty person they're all shitty people but you know in the sea of terrible things do they do one of them is just totally shitting on d the whole time and yes max actor and d'angelo's actor are married and what's more interesting is in the beginning of the show, Mac had another girlfriend. 
Really? Who was apparently working on the show as well. Okay. And they got, they broke up and she left. She was done with, she was not involved with the production anymore. Right. Well, I don't know if like she was kicked off or she left. I don't know, but she wasn't part of it. And then on the show, D and Mac, their actors got together, which is kind of crazy when you really think about it. It is. It is. Because it makes no sense if you watch the show and you're like, this is a great actors. This would never happen. They're so good at acting that Comedy Central paid $33 million to um, buy the rights from Fox to play it on Comedy Central. Um, $33 million. Like, that's insane. From a $100, less than $100 pilot episode to then not only getting picked up by FX, but then Hulu also picked them up. They were on Netflix. I, Netflix. I know we ranted about you, but man, you hurt me. And if you, Netflix, if you so God delete the office, I, I will thoroughly be done with you. You know, we, we were going on about Netflix earlier, right? Yes. And, it's like some things you some things you don't do, right? People like Netflix because they get get to watch all their shows, right? That they like. So many people have Netflix just to watch the fucking office. Yes. Okay, and I know it's a bandwagon, but I watched and I loved it. Sorry, sorry to tell you, I've actually been through the show twice now. Oh, I've been. I, it's which, one of those. Sorry to tell you, but it was really good. Yeah, it's one of those ones you could put on at any point in time, listen to it in the background. It's the perfect filler show. For me, I've been I've watched it yeah. endless amounts of times, like probably twelve plus in total. Like I'm like a geek. I'm the Office nerd. Um, but yeah, Netflix, don't you dare do that. Is there any other facts you want to hit? Um, no, but I have a like a kind of a sort of a fact, but also a remark. Got you. Let's let's close with that. So this show. You know, you could see the funny of the show. They're weaving a good, funny plot and sometimes like a subversive plot where they're like, you know, like with Charlie McDennis, uh, uh, and like there's the big twist that like, oh, you know, D and Dennis hadn't been drinking the whole, the whole narrative you formed was subverted because there was a twist, you know, like just, they make really good plots and that's, you know, that's enough to make the show awesome, but they also go the extra distance to sometimes do some very special episodes, right? Um, the first one that comes to mind is the Nightman cometh. Yes. Okay. The musical in the Nightman cometh. It's based on an earlier episode where Charlie and Dennis were, they were going to do a talent show in the bar. So they wrote a little song that Charlie was writing. It's really Charlie wrote it. And then Dennis added on to it. Like, like it made it kind of like a rock opera. But it, but it was like a, a song they wrote together and they did for the talent show called the song was titled The Nightman Coming. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, it, it turned out really bad because Dennis just wanted to like wear like a hair metal outfit and be like, D- Dennis has it had his motivation anyways. But my point is, that's where it comes from. The Nightman Cometh a couple seasons later, they do the rock opera. They say the 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 writer said. We're going to write the whole rock opera and we're going to act it out in an episode. And they rehearsed it like an actual play. And 
the person who was doing all the music and writing all of it, the person who I couldn't believe was so involved was Charlie. And Charlie, he could even, which is so interesting, he could play the piano in the show and he's like writing this whole thing. I'm like, whoa, Charlie's like a savant, right? Um, which is quite amazing. But anyways, my point is they'll go above and beyond for certain episodes just to have like some crazy entertaining thing. You know, they perform those, they perform those live. Yes. I've seen a couple of live performances that they did and, oh, I would have loved to have been at one. I'm sad that I didn't know about this show earlier because like that's something I would have loved to see. They rehearsed this play and they not only made the episode, but they also actually toured it like a musical. I think they did six shows. If I was reading correctly, six shows. Um, but yeah, man, the, like for people that have only seen bits and parts of it and are like, man, do I jump into this? Like, is it something that I'm truly into? You have to give yourself, I would say, uh, 10 episodes and I'm not even like trying to waste your time. Watch 10 episodes. Hopefully by episode five, you're like, okay. Like I'm getting a grasp of it. This is hilarious. Like maybe build some more characters, put something else in there. By episode 10, you're going to be hooked. I promise. I promise. But you have to give it some time. You have to understand the characters. You have to see it play out a little bit more than just one episode or a clip here or there. Yeah. Take it all in. See, see not just the jokes, but see like the narrative of the episode um it, it good the it, good is my rating it, it good well ladies and gentlemen um as we wrap this up here please rate and uh review us on apple podcast and on spotify any reviews are gratefully appreciated we want to know how we're doing and truthfully what we can improve on and and we want to know what our community is is uh is thinking about us also, if you want to get lukewarm cinema gear, I got a flame ass uh, yellow tee with the lukewarm cinema podcast logo on it. Our logo is like it's seriously flame. So make sure you can go and buy our shirts um, on our Facebook page. We got the link there. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Go watch us on YouTube. Um, anything else, Chris, you want to tell the people? Um, if you listen to this, you're cool. And, um, we hope our co speaker Austin gets better soon. Our alpha dog. We need you. Alpha dog. We need you. Alpha dog. We need you. Alpha dog. All righty. Lukewarm cinema podcast signing up. Mm-hmm.